Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the James McDonald Podcast, where we say love to live to love. That's our focus, that's our passion, and we invite you to let God's Word have that impact in your life right now. Here's Pastor James. After Jesus and my family, <laughs> then you, then this. There's great fun to be had right here. This is Firestarter, and I have uh, made much uh, through the years about my affection for accelerant. In fact, I've said that many times, I think, that um, you don't need bellows, you don't need to blow on the fire, as long as there's, enough, as there's any flame anywhere, spray that. I'm going to call this message a Breakthrough Prayer Starters. I think the reason that I'm doing that is if you've been walking with the Lord for any time at all, then you uh, may have noticed that uh, prayer is more than church attendance, more than Bible study, uh, more than scripture memory even, more than finding a place and serving. Prayer is the thing that you have to come back to again and again and again and start it up. You can have it going great for a time. You can get in the valley and pray like you've never prayed before. You can find yourself on a cloudy day seeking God and hearing yourself and saying, I've never prayed like this before, but before you know it, you'll be praying like you used to or not at all. In this message, I want to give uh, five, maybe a couple more, uh, prayer starters. These are like just what accelerant is to a fire. These are to your prayer life. If you really get what this is, it will put a fresh flame of passion and faith and fervency under your prayer life. So um, if you're ready to jump in, say jump. Here it is, Matthew 26. We're going to turn the pages of Scripture tonight, so let me hear that lovely sound of the pages in God's Word turning the first place again. Matthew 26. I've actually, uh, can you see this brother right here? I've actually, I'm fairly artistic, so I don't want you to be, come here, look at this. I don't want you, want you to be intimidated by this, but you might just see here that I've actually put a, a flame uh, in the margin of every kind of place in my Bible where I've got one of these. So you might have to do that for your homework this week, but at least you'll know uh, where these prayer uh, accelerants are. Uh, Matthew 26 actually is the betrayal and arrest of Jesus Christ. Before that happens, though, he's in the garden and he's praying. Matthew 26, 36, Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, his disciples, sit here while I go over there and say it. And talking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee began to be sorrowful. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Here it is. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, the second time he went away and prayed. My father, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. He came and found them, leaving he went away and prayed a third time, same words. Then he came to the disciples. They were still sleeping. And finally, in verse 46, rise, let us be going. My betrayer is at hand. Now, 
We uh, went into this in some uh, great detail. If it is possible, let this cup pass, not as I will, but as you will. Then the prayer changes slightly. If it's not possible for the cup, and in the cup, of course, was the, it's the symbol of Christ's suffering for our sins. And Jesus prayed, hey, it'd be really great if this never happened. And then, well, if it has to happen if there's no other way. But if there is another way, you know, let's do that. And he, of course, continued to pray. So much to learn here about prayerful submission. But when I taught through the passage, I actually skipped over and barely mentioned this prayer starter. Make a note of it. Start going in a different direction. Pray for victory. Start going in a different direction. Pray for victory. I've spoken frequently of my mother, who was my spiritual mentor and really exemplar in many ways. And uh, she died of ALS in 2010. For those of you who are uh, new to our church. She also had, I've barely ever mentioned, that she had Hodgkin's lymphoma since the early 2000s. Something else I've never said that I only just learned this past year, I think my father didn't want me to know. But when my mom was at the doctor in 2008 and she found out that she had this incurable disease and that she wasn't just going to die, but that she was going to suffer greatly and die, my dad said that she cried so loud in the doctor's office that he'd have to call it really wailing. And that she cried like that for over two hours, thinking, this is it. My life is going to be over. I can see the end. I knew nothing of that. I knew nothing of that. I saw nothing of that. I was completely unaware and, frankly, kind of caught off guard. I, I was... You know, I saw my mother always as so, so strong. She was actually the first person that showed me the rest of this prayer that I've mentioned to you before. It's in John chapter 18. While the disciples were sleeping, and Jesus, of course, was praying to get victory over the temptation to turn away from the cross so that as they meet Judas, John chapter 18, verse 10, then Simon Peter, here come the soldiers, Having a sword, drew it at, struck the high priest's servant, cut off his ear. Here it is. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? I may have mentioned to you that my mother heard me preach on that in our church, and she said, yeah, you're missing part of the, I just preached on the Matthew part, so you're missing the best part. The best part is not if this cup can pass, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. That's not the best part. The best part is, is the cup which my Father has given to me, shall I not drink it? That's a person who's in victory over temptation. And whether the temptation for you is to shrink under the weight of a burden that God has allowed you to carry that seems at times too much, or whether the temptation is more the conventional enticement to do wrong, whether that's despair or fear or unforgiveness or coveting of stuff and status and sexual experience. We could go on and on with the things that we're tempted about. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, um, I think Bible teachers would agree that these are the main three sources of temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
And the world uh, tempts us with loud voices calling out to us, this is better, this is, is higher, this is faster, you'll like this more. And the flesh um, calls out to us with old patterns of behavior that we are to have left behind. The devil, of course, more subtle and sudden. You know that the enemy is tempting you when it comes out of nowhere. I mean, you're having an amazing day, everything's going great, and just bam, where did that come from? I didn't even want to think about that. That's a temptation from the enemy. All are very common. I was battling actually a surprisingly persistent temptation about two weeks ago, and uh, something I thought that was gone in my thinking was back, louder, with a vengeance. And I want you to hear this. I followed this scripture right here and haven't felt it or faced it since. This one right here. Pray that you enter not into temptation. So first there's the awareness of temptation. Oh, there that is. Oh, there it is. And then there is the, huh, it has your attention now. Then there is the mulling it over and reviewing your rationalizations for that sin, whatever they might be. Incredible the power that comes from simply saying to the Lord, actually praying. And we know about get alone, kneel down, out loud, something specific, you know, and, and pray like that and say, God, I don't want to be tempted by that. I don't want to struggle with that. I don't want to fall to that. Would you help me? Would you strengthen me? Would you give me victory over temptation? So many people are so harsh in their opinion about answered prayer. And I'm so fond of saying, well, maybe we shouldn't pray for stupid stuff. Pray for this and receive it. Pray for victory over temptation. There's a prayer starter. As I thought about this, I thought, well, we should just pray in the service. And I thought, how could I just say these things and not stop and pray? Now, whether it's fear or doubt or, or, or I'm not going to list the specifics, but if you feel like you've been facing significant temptation, I'm going to pray for you right now. Just slip your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor James. No question, I've been getting tempted in, in some respect. Again, don't be embarrassed. Hold it up high. Don't be embarrassed to say the enemy's tempting. Uh, the Bible says he's walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you're not experiencing temptation, what's wrong, actually? But if it's been especially acute, If it's been especially acute and you want to, just lower your hand and just stand where you are, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Who wants to stand up? Say, pray for me. I want victory over temptation. Now, if you're near someone who's standing, you might just want to just place your hand on their shoulder. We're among people that love the Lord here. If you're close enough to do that, let's agree together in prayer. Lord, as I was just saying, you tell us that we have an enemy and that he is a roaring lion. I've never been in a closed space with a lion, but I'm sure that I would be terrified to understand truly how vicious our enemy really is. 
And we don't want to be devoured. And I pray for these, God, that they would not be devoured. You say that greater is he who is in us, your Holy Spirit, than he who is in the world. You say that if we resist the enemy, that he will flee from us. And so we resist him now strong in the spirit. You say that there's no temptation that has taken us, but such as is common, that we're all tempted in these ways. You promise that you'll be faithful, that with the temptation that you allow will come a way to escape so that we may be able to bear up under it and have victory. Now our Savior has told us to watch and pray so that we will not enter into temptation. I pray that they would stand strong in the armor of God and that they would sense the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ, that they would not fall to any spirit of condemnation. I pray instead that they would sense your presence and stand in your victory. I pray that private places in homes, in basements, in bedrooms, I pray, God, that they would pray kneel down and pray just as we're praying now and that they would obey this beautiful verse watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation may it be so give us victory we ask in jesus name amen 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 come on let's be seated that's one we got four to go and i might even have some extras at the end here's the second one these things fire me up Number two, Matthew 21, just go back a couple of pages to the left. Oh, oh, look, art, art critic, art critic, right here. I did it again. Fire in the margin, see, he's checking, it's total accountability here. Checking, checking, see it? All right, so, so these are prayer starters. And uh, man, I'm telling you right now, when you, when you start to get some of this stuff going, I'm telling you right now, that's just a little bit. I'm barely, I'm barely started there, but I'm, I'm telling you, you get that going, you got, a, you got a flame in your prayer life on the way. Look at this, Matthew 21, 22. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. The version that I memorized says, whatever you ask in faith, Believe that you have received it, and it will be done for you. Now, notice a couple of things. Notice the word whatever. Whatever, that's not like some smug kid going, whatever. It's not that. It's, it's, it's pretty broad, isn't it? I mean, does that mean absolutely anything? Come on now. Does that mean anything? Whatever you ask? I mean, can I ask for absolutely anything? Well, um... No, um, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. Where's the condition? If you have faith, faith in what? Faith in the God who wrote a book, uh, who's not a vending machine. Are you telling me like I could have a popsicle by midnight if I, if I, like whatever you, no, no, that's really not what it's saying. It's saying faith in the one true God, the God of the Bible, faith, confidence in God's wisdom, so I'm not going to ask for things that I think are best for me. I'm going to pray even as Jesus Christ, if the second person of the Trinity can say, not my will, but yours be done. Hands up if you can say that too, right? And so we can say, not my will, but yours be done. That's what whatever means, whatever you, if you ask in faith, in God's wisdom, in God's goodness. How about this? Faith in God's timing. 
Maybe that's the whole sermon for someone. The problem is you've been praying, but you've not been making allowance for God's timing. Start telling God that. God, I want this. I believe this is your will. I believe this is according to your word, but I want it in your time. God, we want to conceive a child, but we want it in your time. God, I want a partner for life like other people have, one that can honor you and we can serve you together. Awesome. In God's time. God, I've got to want a more stable career. Other people seem to have the same job forever. And I've, I've moved around and I've moved around and I want to be able to confidently provide for my family. I need a stable job, God, a place that I can stay and put down roots. Someone say amen. amen. In God's time. Start praying in God's time. Start praying in God's wisdom, according to his goodness, according to his word, faith in that. Then whatever you ask in faith, believe that you have received it and it will be done for you. Pray in faith and start expecting a different result. I believe that I have been prayed for in our church and I have good reason to believe this. I believe that I've been prayed for in this church this year as I've never been prayed for before. And I believe that people really have been crying out to God and asking him for particular things. And I want you to know, people will always say to me when I'm sitting at one of these tables in the lobby or when I run into someone, you know, downtown, or we go to the cathedral, or, or, or people are always saying this, we're praying for you, we're praying for you. And, and I, I always say, I want you to know that God's answering. God's answering in some really incredible ways, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that. And I, I want you to enter into this reality. This is such a great prayer starter. Pray in faith and start expecting a different result. Matthew 21, 22, whatever you ask in faith, believe that you have received it and it will be done for you. Can I just quickly show you something to help faith? This really isn't in the sermon. This, the Matthew 21, 22 is the prayer starter, but because faith is one of the prayer starters, can I show you an extra verse that's like a faith starter? Here it is. Let's keep your finger right there. We'll go back there and look with me at Hebrews chapter 11. Notice this uh, in particular. So Hebrews 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Verse four, by faith, Abel, then by faith, Enoch, verse five, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then verse eight, by faith, Abraham, by faith, verse nine, he went to live, verse 11, by faith, Sarah, all that to get to verse 13. I don't want anyone cheating me out of stuff that's in the Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need it all. We need it all. I don't know about Eastern mysticism and I don't know about visualization and all that. I just know what the word of God says. Notice this, in regard to all of these people, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, etc., Moses, these all died in faith, Hebrews eleven thirteen, not having received the things promised. So they did get it or they didn't? Did or didn't? But having seen them, and greeted them from afar. The tense of these two verbs is the idea of an accomplished reality, and I hope our pastors will teach on this more. 
I want you to think for a second about one of your longest standing prayer concerns. Nod your head if you've got it. Come on now. Something you've been praying about for a long time, something you've been wondering if God's ever going to really come through on this. Nod your head if you've got it. All right. Notice in this chapter on faith that they had seen, they died without it. It didn't happen in their lifetime. But they had seen it. Notice the tense, having seen it. They died having seen it. And greeted it. One translation says welcomed it. The original language word actually means embraced it. When, when, you, when you greet something, when you welcome it, you're like, that's coming toward me. That's going to be mine. So in the drawing of their final breath, listen, by faith, they saw it coming. And by faith, they had already embraced it. This is awesome. Hang on a second here. This is really something. This idea that this changed my prayer life in my first year of college. When you pray, learn to say these words, God, by faith, I can see it. God, by faith, I can see my prodigal come home. I can see them sitting at my kitchen table. I can see us holding hands, God, and praying together. I can see them treasuring the things that are nothing to them today, God. Lord, by, by faith, I can see our, a, a different life where we don't struggle from paycheck to paycheck. God, I can see us having enough to support your work the way that we want to. And I can see us having enough to bless others and give the way that some people get to are just struggling to get by like we so often are. And by faith, God, I'm looking for the, that day and longing. This is very, very powerful, what I'm telling you. And don't let anyone steal this from you. Abraham and Sarah did it, okay? The Word of God affirms this. Learn these words. By faith I can see it. And verbalize your prayers around that point. I'm going to pray right now. And if you feel like you've been waiting for something for a long time, and you want to be included, especially in this prayer, why don't you just stand where you are? Now, Father, we receive the truth of your word. We receive the truth that faith is so key. And how often we have mouthed words to you with unbelief in our hearts. How often we've prayed and and petered out and stopped praying because there really wasn't enough faith to say the sentences again. And we are stirred in our hearts about this urgency of praying by faith. And I ask God that you would teach our church family and all of those who will hear this teaching some wonderful truths about these words. Lord, I don't feel it. Lord, I can't point to anything that would say that it was imminent other than the God of the universe who has promised good things to his children. And because I'm praying according to your will, 
I'm confident that this is in your plan, that this is in your time, that this is according to your goodness. And so I pray that you would stir up fresh faith within each person standing across our church campuses. I pray that you'd give them wonderful times of prayer this week where they begin to pray again, Lord, we can see this as though it's here. We are enduring seeing the invisible. And by faith, we are welcoming it. Whether we see it from heaven or earth, whether we see it tomorrow or the next day, we believe that we'll see it. And so we embrace this reality by faith. We're praying in faith and we're expecting a different result. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, be seated and let's go to this next one. Some people say, well, I don't. I mean, I don't mind hearing you pray at church, Pastor James, but I, I don't even know what to say half the time when I'm praying. I got a sentence or two. I get to the end of everything I know to say so fast. How about this? How about pray in silence and start experiencing a deeper intimacy? Oh, this is crazy right here. You can't even handle, if you're not sure if you can handle what's in Romans 8, 26, do not turn there. This verse starts things on fire. This is a prayer starter, everybody. Romans 8, come on, let's go over there and see what the Lord has for us. Romans 8, hey, hey, art critic. Do you see it there? It's there, all right. All right, thanks for having your glasses on too. <laughs> Romans 8, 26, come on. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Weak, weak, how? How weak? Here's how. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Can we just walk through that for a minute together? See the word likewise? That's actually referencing verse 22, where it says, for we know the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Likewise, the spirit groaning. So in the same way creation groans under the weight of a world broken by sin. When we are under weakness of our person that is broken by sin, we're not as strong as Adam and Eve were. Do you know that? We don't have it all yet. We have Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, but we don't have what we're gonna have. In fact, the Bible tells us that in many places, including right in this passage. I think it says in, where does it say, beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we'll be like him, for we'll see him as he is. That might be in 1 John, but, um, The weakness is the weakness of my flesh. And the Holy Spirit is the help for that. Notice what the weakness is. There's a lot of weakness, but the specific weakness is, 
is that we don't know the mind of the Spirit of God. Verse 27, he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I don't know what God wants. I want to pray God's will, but I'm afraid to let go of my will, and I don't know what God's will is, and I don't know what to pray, and I'm afraid God might want something different than what I want, so I'm not praying anymore, anymore at all. Well, keep going through the words, likewise. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. I tried to break down these prayer puzzles. Functionally, we actually don't know how to pray. That's a method problem. We've done a lot of teaching on prayer and adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and some of the little parts of prayer. Maybe it's a factual problem, the actual content, as I said. The situation is so complex, we don't even, I've been there. The situation is so complex, I don't even know what to ask for. I can't think of something that would even make it better. It seems so far gone to me, I don't have anything to pray. Or maybe it's directionally. It's the focus of the prayer. Where's this supposed to go? What could God possibly be doing? Look at, look up here. When you're at that place, the Spirit intercedes for us. So when I'm stumped and stuck and <clears throat> silent, my prayer, this is mind-boggling, my prayer has not ceased. When I'm there on my knees and I've stopped praying because I don't know what to pray, the prayer time isn't over. Okay, because the Holy Spirit continues on according to the will of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, wow. That, that is so awesome. Notice, groanings too deep for words. Some translations say can't be uttered. I don't believe this is a prayer language, let me just say. I believe that uh, people do have uh, the gift of a prayer language, a Holy Spirit prayer language, but I don't believe that that's what this is referencing because I believe this is for everyone, but the gift of tongues is not for everyone. So this, I believe, can't be that. These groanings which cannot be uttered I think we're told what it is in the next verse. Interceding for the saints according to the will of God. Now, if you've ever been at the place where you're facing something and you don't know what to do, but you're faithful and you're on your knees and you're just like, I don't know, God. I just don't know. And you pause. The praying is still happening. That's really awesome. Isn't it great to know that my prayer life isn't dependent upon my ability to think of things to articulate to God? Isn't it great that they're up in heaven going, we would do it if she would just say it. All we need is for her to say it. No, we don't need her to say it. If she'd just be quiet for a minute, 
the Holy Spirit will say it for her because she doesn't know what to say and she's a godly woman and she's not going to say something silly so she's saying nothing and it's getting said. So let's all just bow. And I want you just to go to that particular thing right now. The Holy Spirit is God, as infinite as the Father and Son, as eternal as the Father and Son. Seeing this moment, what is on the heart of every Christian. Just stop and let the Holy Spirit pray for you. Lord, it's hard for me not to see the many hands rising to a cheek to wipe away a tear. And I think of the many treasured members of this family that I cannot see, but you see them, Lord. And we are so thankful for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God, for all the times that you've prayed for us. and We had no idea. Thank you, Spirit of God, for all the times that we thought we were alone and that our way was hidden from God. When, glorious triune God, you were interceding for us in that moment. You say that your Spirit prays for us when we don't know what to pray. And you say that Jesus, the Son, ever lives to make intercession for us. And to think that, triune God, you are surrounding and supporting your sons and daughters in prayer, hearing and helping and interceding. This is glorious truth. Give us wonderful times like that with you. This week we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, back to the Gospels. Ready? John 14 now. John 14. This is the Upper Room Discourse that we've taught through verse by verse in years gone by. John chapter 14 is famous for, let not your hearts be troubled, verse 1. I am the way, the truth, and the life, verse 6. But our prayer verse, John 14, 13. Pray in silence and start experiencing a deeper intimacy. Now this, pray in Jesus' name and start embracing a deeper purpose. John 14, 13. Check on my artwork here. Really, you got to walk over here. You can't just trust me now. All right, all right, we're good. We're good. You're fun. 
John 14, 13. Here it is. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatever, again, in this context has reference to the greater works. It's, it's not as broad as it is specific. Verse 12, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. What? What? That's what Jesus said. Greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. These works, these kind of great works that change lives and but you have to ask, there it is, in my name. Now, I, I bet there's no surprise on this. I pray with people a lot. I might not be in the top 10 of people in the church who pray for people, but I pray with people a lot. And so I've observed the following. There's kind of two plays that are getting made that I want us to work on. Somebody turn to their neighbor and say, let's work on this. I, wa I want us to work on these two things. First of all, there's the people who somewhere along the line decided to drop it. They just don't say in Jesus' name. They pray, 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 pray. And then there's a little pause and they're like, amen. Now I know none of you have ever done that, but put up your hands if you've heard someone else do it. Okay, so, so this is not great. This is not great. Well, you know, I just don't want to say the same thing every time. Great, then skip something else. <laughs> right? Don't skip this. Well, but I just, I just feel like I'm saying in Jesus' name every time. You know, I say, I say it every time. Perfect. I promise you, when you get to heaven, you won't be like, yeah, I wish I hadn't said that so much. <laughs> you won't be thinking that. Trust me on that. You will be understanding more than you've ever understood before. What a beautiful name it is. And you will look back on the times that you said it and prayed in his name. But here's the other extreme. Um, not drop it, but then they kind of just dodge it. It's like in Jesus' name with a variant. You know, in his name. Pronouns. Yeah, where's the antecedent? Oh. Uh, or in your name, in that name, the name. There's a lot of these. So down with dodge it, down with drop it. Say the name, y'all. Say it every time. Make it the best part of your prayer. Can't wait to get to the Jesus name part. I love the guy who starts praying, Lord, we, Father, we come to you today in the strong name of your son, Jesus. And then halfway through, he says, man, this is a fairly general blanket reminder we're praying all of this in Jesus' name, but you've heard that guy, but I'm not done yet. And then he gets to the end and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Why, 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 why? Because when we pray in Jesus' name, our second son Landon uh, and Bree are at the hospital right now. They're going to have their baby girl, so I don't know if I'll make it to church tomorrow or not, but I've been after them, after them, after them to give me the name, the name, the name, the name. I have tried everything, and I'm sneaky. <laughs> I'll say things like, yeah, well, their first son is Ezra, so I'll say, when Ezra, and I try to, nothing, nothing, I get nothing. Or when, I'll, I'll throw out really, like, insulting names, and I don't want to say the name in case it's your name, but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm talking, like, bizarre stuff. 
crazy stuff. I told, sent them, today I sent a text of the family, the name is Hillary Palin McDonald. <laughs> I mean, I have tried everything to get this name. They will not give me the name. Will not give it to me. But I'm gonna know very soon. And it's actually, they're right about it, I just like to tease. They're right. When this beautiful little baby girl is born and she's healthy and strong, everyone say God willing. We're gonna to get to hear the name that they've chosen. And in biblical times, the name was the sum total of the person. It was to represent, it was very, very significant. It had so much meaning in it. And when we say in Jesus' name, we're saying consistent with who you have declared yourself to be. It isn't different than praying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the same, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. According to your will, Lord, as you would desire, Lord, let submission precede even faith. And, and let my greatest desire to see your kingdom come and your purpose is accomplished, not just in what you do it, but in when you do it. And that level of agreement, that level of submission, that level of faith. That's a really, really important thing. Okay, one more. Look at Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 says this. See? A little fire in the margin there. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Okay? This is powerful accelerant. If your prayer life is stalled or stopped or stuck, try praying about laborers into the harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. What do we have more, harvest or laborers? Tell me. We got more harvest, we don't have enough laborers. Is this a problem? So are you telling me that God would be willing to do more if more were willing to do more? Yeah, so the shortage isn't God's willingness to do things. The shortage is laborers. Now this is a life-changing prayer. You say, what's this got to do with my life? Everything. Please make the connection. Remember when we learned when I take care of what's on God's heart, God takes care of what's on my heart? Try this. Try having an entire prayer time where you don't pray for anything related to yourself. Not a thing. Just worship and pray for laborers in the field. Pray for God to be moving and for lives to be changed and for Christ to be glorified and pray for laborers to get off their God help me with my agenda life and get on the your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a prayer starter right there. Here's what I want you to do. Some of you won't be comfortable doing this, and you can signal your discomfort across all of our campuses. You can signal your discomfort just by bowing your head quietly where you are. No one will bother you. But if you're comfortable praying with some people around you, just reach out and get into twos or threes or fours and reach behind you and in front of you. But if you don't want to, no one will bother you. Just bow your head and no one will bother you, I promise. Now let's all pray. Don't pray about anything but this. Don't introduce yourself. Don't say a word. The next word at the end of this sentence will be someone praying for the Father to send forth laborers into the fields which are ripe. Do it now. Father, we are so thankful to be in a church that began with the words of Jesus in John 4. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. I say to you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields for they are already ripe for harvest. And Lord, it grieves our hearts to think that our lives are so busy and full of things that it will mean nothing to us just a few years into the future while all around us are people who are ripe for harvest. God, change our lives and give us time for neighbors and time for friends and time for serving and time for praying for workers in the harvest fields. Send forth laborers, God. Move in the hearts of people in our church right now. We know how to get a job Help us get a job serving you. Help us find a place. Help us do it faithfully. Be with those who are weary and doing good that they would not grow weary. Thank you that as we're faithful, we see the harvest come if we do not give up. Thank you that you are calling others into the harvest fields. Put this upon our hearts to pray and pray and pray and pray for laborers. We are praying the Lord of the harvest. We want to engage our lives in something more eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The sermon's over, except I have two more. (laughs) Just quick, Mark 9 and Matthew 17 talk about a situation where The disciples couldn't cast a particular spirit, evil spirit, out of someone, a demon. The disciples came to Jesus like, what's up with this? And Jesus said, yeah, only only through prayer. Another 
account of the story says only through prayer and fasting. Pray with fasting and start breaking down strongholds. Pray and fast and see things that won't move start to move. And then this, Matthew 18, 19. If two or three of you agree as touching anything, it will be done for you. And while the secret to prayer is prayer and secret, secret, try praying with someone. Take a hand, put an arm around a shoulder, agree together in prayer. Let's be praying for a fresh season of breakthrough prayer in our lives and in our church. Those are prayer accelerants. What do you think will happen if I light all this? Interesting, even with all that, it hasn't gone up that big yet. See, the key is, it's not enough just to know where the, you gotta get to the place of prayer. Then you gotta spray the accelerant on. All right? So, I already did all that. You guys gotta take the scriptures and you gotta really pray, okay? So come on, this is a great summer ahead and I want you to begin to think of prayer like a frontier out in front of you. I so love this song, but let's think about it in terms of prayer and ground that we haven't covered yet. So I hope that you've been really encouraged today through this clear teaching from God's Word. I just want to thank you from the whole team for listening to the James McDonald podcast, where the learning is for loving, loving God and for loving others more and more until we see him face to face. Thank you for standing with us. Your prayerful support is our lifeline to continue this gospel partnership, and it makes podcasts like these possible. If you're not part of a vibrant, life-giving gospel church, check out this new alternative. It's called the Home Church Network. You can get it at homechurchnetwork.global. All the ministry information, Bible teaching, and and resources are there, and also at jamesmcdonaldministries.org. Hey, thank you again for listening.